0: From the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Celebrating Powerhouse Women is proudly presented by CAB Incorporated and Capital City Home Loans. And hello, friends, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I am your host, Amanda Peart, and this is the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community. Today, it is my great pleasure to have in studio Aura Sanders, who is a leader in the community arts. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Amanda. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to be here <laughs> with you as well. Um, for those of you who can't see her, you will be able to see her beautiful... Um, Her beautiful attache when you when the photos come out but she's got on a lovely dress that matches her lipstick perfectly and her shoes perfectly and her necklace matches her eyeliner perfectly so she just looks phenomenal i can tell the creativity and and the artistic side by the way that you've done your makeup Thank you. For our um, listeners out there who might not know you because you do so many things, specifically in the arts community, just kind of give a brief synopsis of of what you've been doing here lately and some of the entities that you have uh, been aligned with uh, not too long ago.
1: Oh, absolutely. So I kind of started out as uh, in the corporate world, kind of followed a traditional path, got into graphic design and usability design. And um, about around 2015, I got involved with a little local arts organization started by two incredible restaurateurs, Ben Bailey and Chris Collin, called the Dizzy Gypsy. And I literally tell people it just fell in my lap. I walked into this place and it suddenly was mine. And Ever since then, I've just become known as the art lady around town, around Gwinnett and even a little bit of Atlanta, but mostly Lawrenceville, Georgia. And being centered on the Lawrenceville Square for the last six years I've been able to get to know so many amazing creative artists young and old all of the business owners around who are very supportive of the arts and especially the city um, council and the mayor and everybody is amazingly supportive of the arts we have an incredible art community in Gwinnett Mm -hmm. and I just feel like my mission is to uncover it and help launch them into the stratosphere
0: the Dizzy Gypsy is such a fun name. Like, just saying it sounds like it's going to be just like an amazing place to walk into. Uh, define a little bit, because I was unfamiliar until you shared with me, the concept of the Dizzy Gypsy. Like, if someone were to walk through the doors, what they could expect, and uh, who they might meet, and who you serve through the, the Dizzy Gypsy. <laughs> well, the Dizzy Gypsy right now is literally just me. So, there's no doors.
1: But um, previously, Please. when Ben and Chris started it, it was on the Lawrenceville Square. It took up about a third of this really cute little building on the corner of Perry and Crogan. And people would just wander in. I mean, it was a startup. It was just a labor of love. They spent a little bit of money and used some extra things laying around, created this little space for community artists and people who loved the arts to kind of wander in. And I was it was completely volunteer, all on a volunteer basis. I was mostly a volunteer. I earned a little bit through commission, but I was mostly there just because I loved it. Right. And then artists would get a commission the mission of Dizzy Gypsy is to encourage an art community in Lawrenceville Georgia and kind of spread it out through Gwinnett so that they're connected and then also work with emerging artists our goal is to focus on people who would really like to get into the arts but they might not have the confidence or the experience or the connections I always say that Dizzy Gypsy is the anti-gallery gallery the point is to help artists who might not necessarily be able to break into the traditional art world. When we think about like Christie's and different art places throughout like Paris, New York, they're very exclusive. and. You think of a lot of money, people who know each other, and connections and that kind of thing. This is for grassroots people who really want to break into that world, but
0: not necessarily have to follow all those very rigid rules. Um, It's really just about self-expression. Very nice. And I know you and I mentioned that we had some some common connections and one of them happens to be Laura with uh, the Hudgens Art Center. So is there any synergy between the art that's displayed there and any of your artists or has there ever been or that just is a wild thought that came to my mind?
1: No, that's perfect. Yes, we I actually have several artists who, and I always encourage them to have submitted to their Hudgens Prize, which is amazing. What Hudgens is doing to give fifty thousand dollars to an artist in Gwinnett is it's one of the largest prizes wow. in the nation, yeah. and just to have that opportunity is really incredible. That's not something you get. So the Hudgens is something that I love, and Laura has taken it in a completely different direction. Whole mother. Yeah, she's she has taken the Hudgens from what would be considered kind of a traditional art venue and museum, kind of, you know, a little bit stuffy and, you know, um, to something that's fun. All Mm -hmm. the programs that they have there, she's really elevated. And she's done something that I haven't (coughs) seen since I've been in Gwinnett from the Hudgens is she's made a real effort to reach out to the community and get art into the community and make it accessible, which is precisely what Dizzy Gypsy's mission is. She's amazing. I can't
0: say enough about Laura. Shout out to Laura. (laughs) Uh, Let me share with our listeners a little bit about your background. Um, You graduated with your bachelor's in psychology from Georgia College and State University, and then you studied history and architecture as well as a part of Georgia Tech's uh, Lorraine Study Abroad program. (laughs) Exciting. So you got to go to France. Yeah. Tell me about that experience. Oh, it was so much fun. I love um, Europe, of course. It was my
1: version of the traditional grand tour. But I got to do it on a budget because it was through school. So, you know, it's just basically tuition. Um, And it was art history and architecture. I love old cathedral architecture. I'm just fascinated by not just the look, but the feeling that you get when you connect Mm -hmm. to a piece of art. And, of course, the feeling that people, you know, so many lives have come through cathedrals um, in that are older than our country right. and you can just kind of feel that energy of and the, the art. As yes. Well. Yes. Yes. yes
0: absolutely the nostalgia almost. Well talk a little bit about um, what you're doing today because I know it's a labor of love which you said with the Dizzy Gypsy but I don't want to define you just by the Dizzy Gypsy. Talk a little a little bit about the other the other pots that you have your hand in currently. <laughs> so I um I kind of do a lot. I
1: was told by um, a good friend, an amazing photographer recently, Bruce Johnson. Want to give a shout out to Bruce. He's amazing. Um, that I've kind of become known for doing so many things in Lawrenceville that I have my hands in too many things, which is true. That's why I'm mostly you know, late to meetings or running behind, I have to make a lot of lists to keep up with myself. But I am currently still focused on the arts, trying to expand Dizzy Gypsy, but also on the Lawrenceville Arts Commission, which is a labor of love as well. Um, I am so proud of that. I'm so proud of the people that I work with through the Arts Commission. I'm so proud of the city of Lawrenceville Mm -hmm. for supporting arts. I tell everybody that I meet that Dizzy Gypsy would not have happened in any other town or city. Anywhere except for Lawrenceville because mm-hmm. of the the love for the arts that Lawrenceville has right. and so the Arts Commission kind of grew out of that and we're working currently, we're only two years old, we're still babies mm-hmm. and we're currently working to bring public art to Lawrencevillians <laughs> <laughs> I <like that> word. <laughs> and um, just put it everywhere so that everybody feels creative and comfortable and happy when they go to work
0: in Lawrenceville or walk around they can see things of beauty and really appreciate what Lawrenceville has to offer is that something similar you know because I go places and I'm thinking of like Swanee or even Duluth per se that they have those wonderful like Sculptures or statues like I've seen painted ponies and stuff and so they're commissioned as well right because they just go and they're on display but they're not always there so the artists I guess they coordinate with the city and they put them on display for enjoyment and then they move them because they're not there forever is that similar to what what you're trying to do with arts commission on in the displays in Lawrenceville
1: yeah we'll do something like that and and also a shout out to Swanee because like Linae Linnea, Linnea, Linnea Miller, Miller yeah I love her she was is a huge leader. She came and presented to our very first meeting of the task force to found the Lawrenceville Arts Commission because what they've done there in Sewanee has been our model. It's kind of like mm-hmm. our, our clarion, what we're looking for. And so the, they have their tour, which is yes, really amazing. Right. And eventually, we might do something like that. But right now, this year, we're mostly focused on murals, because that's something that we can do. Right. Um, we, we've got some cool paver art coming, which I, I can't wait to you know, get some PR out about. We've got some call for artists to do community art. Mm-hmm. And we're also working on a fund to help business owners implement art. In the town so it's going to be nice. a grant we'll we'll get all that once we get it formalized to where we can give some money to business owners who want to hire an artist nice. to put say a mural on their business wall the building, or yeah. a sculpture in front of their their business or their venue so supporting the artist and building that foundation is really what we've been doing for the last two years mm-hmm. eventually we will you know be like Swanee but we're going to be a little different
0: too of course yeah (laughs) each city has its own flavor that's what I like so much the diversity here in Gwinnett is just amazing Mm -hmm. it's almost kind of like a different feel in each in each city Mm -hmm. like I've watched the transformation Duluth when I moved here five years ago it has just accelerated and advanced like tenfold just in the past five years so I love what they're doing Um, Let's talk a little bit about you personally. So you mentioned something while we're still kind of on the creative side um, to me about being a pin up model. Do elaborate (laughs) because that sounds sexy and fun. And I don't know if I have a misconception of what that is, but please help me and our listeners understand what you do as far as uh, pin up modeling. Yes. Okay. This is something I've, this is my form of art. A lot of people say you must be
1: an artist because you work with so many artists. It's like, no, I'm not an artist. I just love working with artists. Well, this has become my form of art. Um, I love vintage. I always have loved the vintage look, but I kind of, again, just like the Dizzy Gypsy, it literally fell on my head. Um, I was involved with a a cancer organization in Gwinnett called Beyond the Ribbon. The amazing Bobby Minnig, um, runs that. And, she was doing a fundraiser car show and it was the first car show she'd ever done. And she's like, I need pinup models. And she's like, Carly, you do all these other things. You're relatively cute. Why don't you, (laughs) would you be a pinup model? I'm like, sure. I don't know what to do, but okay. And so she connected me with these also amazing women, the Georgia pinup posse. Um, Tara Kepler, uh, is the founder and the amazing Kimber Reynolds. She's one their lead makeup artist. These women are so passionate about what they do, but it's not just about the look, which is so much fun, Yeah, it's kind of sexy, and mm-hmm. it's amazingly empowering, especially mm-hmm. for a woman of a certain age. Right. <laughs> um, but these women are so amazingly supportive of each other, and this was something that I was just really struck with. It's like a sorority, mm-hmm. but women are very genuine, and it's something I've really enjoyed at this stage in my life. I'm hoping to be published in a magazine soon. <laughs>
0: Exciting! Well, you told me you'll have to share the socials uh, yes. tags so I can take a look. So through that experience, I can imagine that you get your makeup done, and you get your hair done. Do they pick out your outfit for you to wear, or do you do you get to select your own? Like, how does that process work? So um, I was when I first did it, I was just given some guidelines, and
1: kind of ironically, I had some of these pieces in my closet. You can be a pen up with just regular pieces. It's uh-huh. just a matter of knowing the aesthetic and the look, right. um, and they kind of educated me and guided. Me. Since then I have probably spent more money than my husband would like me to <laughs> on, you know, different kinds of makeup and eyelashes. And, uh-huh. and this is a pinup dress. Oops. Um, so I I just really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And I can wear a lot of my pinup looks, you know, in everyday life. Yeah. yeah they're nice. they're pretty versatile. But um as far as the what i'm doing with the modeling most of what i do for pinup is not just for me not just to be a piece of art but a lot of the work that i do is for charity which at least it helps me feel better about spending all the money on the makeup I have. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, maybe you can tax deduct it. <gasps> if you're doing it, hey, let's holler at a CPA. Yes, there we go. <laughs> While speaking of Beyond the Ribbon, and yes, I know Bobby well, she's mm-hmm. fantastic. There are so many great nonprofit organizations here in Gwinnett especially. Mm-hmm. And I know that once, uh, one that you participate in is near and dear to your heart. So let's talk a little bit about Mosaic and about the uh, event that you guys, guys have upcoming and a little bit why, a little bit, about why it's so important to you
1: yes okay so again mosaic georgia was another thing that i just got accidentally involved with the amazing Anthony Rodriguez from the Aurora you know Anthony and the Lartsville Arts Center um sent me a random email saying that they were looking they needed help doing an art fundraiser and of course I'm the art lady so I was like sure I don't know anything about mosaic but I know art and I will help you so I I worked with them on their art fundraiser which is their flagship fundraiser event it's called mosaic masterpieces um Marina Sampas-Pied is their director she attended this um art like little art gathering when she was in Ireland uh, years and years and years ago and it was very healing she said where people submitted small pieces of anonymous art for auction and fundraising and so she decided to start something here and so that's what mosaic masterpiece is about and so mosaic is if you're for our listeners who might not be familiar with them Mm -hmm. there they originally started in the 1980s i believe it was 1986 as the gwinnett rape crisis center and they fulfilled a need that obviously was not being fulfilled at the time a lot of women and children who are victims of sexual abuse and trafficking um, unfortunately gwinnett has become one of the hubs of that in the nation which we're trying to fight uh when they would go to the hospital or you know report what happened to them and try to get help they wouldn't necessarily be greeted with the kind of compassion or knowledgeable interviewing resources exactly Mm -hmm. to help them during their trauma because it's not just a physical event it's a very emotional event and so Gwinnett Rape Crisis Center addressed that they have nurses they're called um SANE, I believe it's Sexual Assault Nurse Examiner, who are not just trained in nursing, but they are also trained in the interviewing skills and the psychological skills to help uh, work with victims of trauma when they're so sensitive trying to talk about what happened to them. Mm -hmm. And so since the 80s, they've really um, served an incredible need throughout Gwinnett and metro Atlanta area. They work with a lot of people throughout Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And so they rebranded as Mosaic years a few years ago to address the fact that art therapy is really powerful in helping victims of abuse and trauma. And so they've just started a new uh, art therapy program they wrote a grant for it, and I was really honored to be asked to kind of help with that called the Wellness Collective mm-hmm. this really amazing girl young lady woman who um, has, is a world traveler but they brought her in to kind of lead this program and it's just getting off the ground her name is Asia Gallo uh, she is focusing on not just art therapy but things like meditation yoga outdoor therapy to help victims of abuse recover from um, the trauma that's happened to them. One of the reasons this is so important to me, uh, and this was really, really, of course, hard to come about uh, to expose because most women who have been victims of rape have a very hard time reporting because it's so traumatic, and our culture doesn't necessarily always support that coming forward with what's happened to you. I was a victim of sexual abuse when I was 19, and it was Mosaic Georgia that, and. that I did an interview with back in April, and talked about my story. And the reason I came forward and talked about my story on Facebook Live, similar to this podcast, Uh was not because I want to be, I'd never want to be identified as that. It's taken a while to recover from that. I mean, this was decades ago. But I want, it was really important to me to do it. Because again, as a woman of certain age, who's learned what I've learned over these years, I want young women out there to know that if something has happened to them, they're not alone. There are people who are are incredibly functioning, beautiful, wonderful dynamic women who have recovered from this or are still recovering and can still lead an amazing normal life and have this as part of their story. And not be ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. They can be proud to know that it's what made them who they are and they can move forward in life and, and really enjoy
0: life and become stronger yes <laughs> what a wonderful program to have so many resources and the fact that it has uh, been around for such a long time is amazing I can mm-hmm. only imagine how many more people that you guys are going to help through your efforts okay. and just as you said um, I tip my hat to you for speaking out because I'm sure there are a lot of young women who uh, found solace in your story and and were able to maybe come forward or just find some some comfort in knowing that they're not alone like yeah. you said So what is the event that is upcoming so that we can share with our listeners? So I'm glad you mentioned that. It's very important. So we are doing the
1: next Mosaic Masterpieces. It's the third one. Of course, the the pandemic kind of put a damper after the first one. And so it's going to be um, September 29th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., it is an art auction it's going to be at the gwinnett environmental and heritage center which is a really I've neat place i've never been there Where oh is it's at? so cool well, there's a dinosaur on the roof okay so, yeah, and, and a Can't garden it. yeah you you need to go see okay. it it's so cool it's really really beautiful um i believe it's over in it's up there in Buford. Mm-hmm. um past the Mall of Georgia, kind of off the beaten track, but okay. yeah, it's definitely go visit. I would encourage it. It's really beautiful. They do a lot of events and venues, but they've got a lot of focus on the environment, Georgia's natural naturescapes, oh, okay. um, but we are going to be doing our third mosaic masterpieces, and so we're anticipating between 80 and 130 different 12 by 12 canvases that are painted, not by necessarily professional artists. We're gonna have professional art too that's gonna be available for auction and fundraising. But the point of Mosaic is these 12 by 12 canvases are submitted by community leaders who are supportive and it you don't have to be an artist. You can just paint whatever you want. I would Whatever lo- you feel. I know. I would love for you to do one. I'd, I'm we'll going to see how creative I can be. <laughs> yes. I will, I will bring you a 12 by 12 canvas Thank art you. kit for mosaic. I and I'll come that. get it and we'll put it in the show. Okay. Um, and then these different, they're all the same size. And we put them on a wall and it's like different mosaic. It's like a mosaic right. that tells a story. And so the largest portion of these mosaic pieces come from survivors. Mm -hmm. Many of them choose to be anonymous. Uh, Some of them will list their names. And, but the point is they're using art as a way to express Express, themselves. And when I did the show, when I worked with them to do the show last year, I was really just amazed at the art. It was all, it was just incredibly representative of all our community leaders, but also you could tell, sometimes you could tell the Survivor art because Mm -hmm. there'd be a lot of feeling in just this tiny little 12 by 12 canvas. You could feel it when you see the art. So all of this is on sale or at auction Mm -hmm. and the proceeds go to help mosaic do what they do they have some great programs and it will be also available online for your listeners who might not be able to make it Mm -hmm. Uh, follow mosaic georgia on social media instagram and facebook and we'll be posting ways that you can purchase tickets you can donate you can be a sponsor we Mm -hmm. still would love some sponsors Mm -hmm. and uh, or just come to the event and have a good time
0: So what is, so each piece, because I'm trying to get a visual, do you put it all together, kind of like a puzzle, like you said, the mosaic to get like one grand picture of all the individual 12 by 12s. And then each piece is available for purchase correct yes and, and of course it'd be really cool if we could just put it all together like you described uh-huh. they did that
1: one year at the o gallery which is an amazing oh. place uh the the owner of that is just really really innovative another art lady um but it kind of depends on the venue right <laughs> i have to display just <laughs> how yeah. uh-huh. so in this case we're going to have them lined up around the room um, and you can get up and clo- get up close and look at them, or you can stand far away and see what the holistic picture of Looks all of like, them is. Yeah. But it's really kind of a powerful experience to see all of
0: those pieces in a room together. Together. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you're very passionate about it, so I'm very excited for you guys. And again, uh, what was the website that people can contribute or or learn more about the mm-hmm. event on the 29th? So mosaicga.org,
1: I believe, but just Google Mosaic Georgia, mm-hmm. and you will find it. The Google is amazing.
0: The Googles, <laughs> I say that. Well, this is a perfect time as we are um, gonna, we're gonna switch gears here in just a moment. But in the meantime, we're gonna have a brief word from the supporters of this enthusiastic series, our sponsors at CAB Incorporated and Capital City Home Loans. Since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail, with their precision machined iron and steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB Incorporated is proud to be a returning partner of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women Series. With strong roots in the past and firm footing in the future, Capital City Home Loans combines an old-fashioned sense of community with a progressive attitude. They are a trusted full-service lender offering mortgage finance products and empowering their associates to help clients choose the best options. They are focused on being the best and strongest lender in the Southeast. Visit CCHL.com locations to see all of their offices including Gwinnett. All right, and welcome back to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I'm your host Amanda Pierce, joined in studio by Ara Lee Sanders, and we were enjoying a conversation about the upcoming Mosaic event on September 29th. I look forward to submitting a piece of art. God bless whoever makes that purchase, and uh, we'll see we'll see what I'm able to manifest with my creativity. But being that you're so robust and you're so creative yourself, I wanted to ask you, Lee, what does creativity mean to you? Pretty simple
1: um, self-expression, expressing who you are, telling your story. Uh, I I have never been really good at following rules or you know, staying inside of the lines. I don't stay in my lane very well. (laughs) Wish I did. There's been times when it's, you know, come back to haunt me. That's okay these days. It's called being a disruptor. Yes. And now that's
0: acceptable. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) My my mom was like, no, don't be a disruptor. Yeah. But now it's great. It's It's good. Celebrate it. I love it. This is my time. (laughs) So, but yes, creativity is just the freedom and the permission to express yourself and tell your story. Uh, A way to find your voice, whether it's through any kind of medium like painting, like drawing, uh, like podcasting and sharing stories with other people. Mm -hmm. That's very creative. Um, Music, music is very important to me. It always has been. And and, um, music is something that I really, really celebrate. I wish I were better at it. I play a little bit of guitar, I play piano, I sing, but I'm kind of awful at all of them, but I really enjoy it anyway. Um, But yeah, that's what creative Creativity means expressing who you are as a human and a person and your story.
0: If somebody were trying to kind of tap into their creativity, because, you know, some different personalities, you got the type A, type B, you know, some people only see black and white. They're unable to see the gray. And there's some people that live in a lot of ambiguity. What would you suggest um, in order to kind of explore your inner self and try and tap into some of that creativity if you're unaware of what's inside? Mm-hmm. I would say stop listening to other people. <laughs> Stop listening to the
1: outside world telling you what to do. Again, don't follow the rules. I mean, there's time for rules. But, you know, again, know the rules so you know how to break them properly. Um, I like that. It, stop listening to the people outside of your head and inside of your head who are telling you you're doing it wrong, telling you you're, you're, you have to be a certain way or you have to look a certain way or you have to behave a certain way. And just try to find yourself. And there's different modalities to do that. And that's hard to do especially when you're young, you know, you have, I have a 21 year old daughter and a 17 year old son, and they're so amazing. They're incredible. But I, I watch them probably like every other parent does and say, Oh, I made that mistake before. Are you sure you want to do that? But I have to kind of let them learn their own lesson. It's part of, you know, growing and finding yourself. But if you start following those rules too closely or listening to outside voices, you're not going to find yourself now you can still find people who will help guide you that will give you opportunities and people that you can learn from don't shut them out
0: but um judge judgmental people i have no time for Absolutely. <laughs> well, speaking about your family, you and I shared a conversation earlier this week, and I'm going to do it. Shout out, happy belated birthday to your husband <laughs> as you guys celebrated grandly yesterday. So, yeah. Mr. Sanders, happy birthday to you. Actually, it's Jenkins. Oh, he's, Jenkins, he's sorry. Jenkins, but that's sorry, okay. Mr. Jenkins, happy belated birthday. Um, tell us a little bit about your family and a little bit about the dynamic and a little bit about maybe the, the love story behind you and Mr. Jenkins. <laughs> so,
1: um, John... John and I,
0: John, met
1: when we were at Mercer together in uh, Macon, Georgia, uh, when we were 19 freshman year, and it was later in freshman year, and he did not want to ask I, I guess he didn't want to ask me out because he sent some of his fraternity guys, Lambda Chi, to come ask me, or I guess they just, he says he didn't send them. They just did it.
0: <laughs> Maybe they were playing matchmaker.
1: <laughs> they totally were. Mm-hmm. And then I had a a, um, a a really, really good friend, Zoe Hodges. I have to get a shout out to her too. And she's finding herself, she's becoming a model. She's amazingly creative. I, I really you know, support her in that. Um, who, then encouraged me to go out on this double date with him. Um, it was a, a, an interesting kind of disaster date, but <laughs> we, <laughs> but we um, you know, it was a sorority fraternity mixer and, and dinner went badly and, you know, but it was still really cute and fun. And somehow we just hit it off, even uh-huh. though other people kind of put us together. And we've been together now for 30 years. Um, we got married after nine years of being together. I, I, wasn't really interested in getting married because, again, that's like one of those rural kinds of institutions. Right. Um, but his parents eventually were like, oh, "Gosh, you guys, seriously, just just do it. We'll pay for it if you'll just do it." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Formalize the arrangements. Yes. and his parents are absolutely incredible. I love them so, so much. Um, so yeah, they. It's our our story is mostly other people making sure we stay together or get together in the first place. Um, but after we got married, we had our first child, Brenna. She's incredible. She's a little version of me, a rule breaker, which sometimes is hard to watch
0: because I. She's so much of yourself in her. and her yeah I'm
1: like oh gosh I know how this is gonna work but so far she's done great she's an incredibly strong woman I'm so proud of her and then my son Lee mm-hmm. um, he is 17 he's amazing he's my quiet one he's a typical teenage boy but he'll sometimes surprise me with you know words of wisdom out of nowhere and I'm like how are you only 17 Um, but that's just him and both of them are artists she's a musician she sings around town Um, She has for years with a a really talented musician and one of the OG Dizzy Gypsy artists. He's actually the reason I got into Dizzy Gypsy, Max Eve, and he's a little local celebrity. He's pretty incredible. Um, And she's done an album with him, and she's currently at Georgia State University trying to be pre-law. She doesn't want to pursue music, but she still does it because it's her passion uh, and then my son is an artist. He's constantly drawing on his iPad. I mean, constantly. He doesn't like to show me what he does. Mm-hmm. He's very protective of his art, which I get. Yeah. I mean, I don't pressure it's him or anything. Expression. It's, it's expression. But I just have a feeling like one day there'll be this, you know, cartoon on Turner or something that he's completely Did, yeah. written and, and becomes famous and I didn't even know about. That's, that's my son. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're amazing. My children are the heart of me. And... Um, I wouldn't be here without them.
0: I I tell them all the time, there's been so many times in my life where they saved me. I didn't save them. (laughs) Well, you shared with me um, what your husband does and I believe it's it's primarily work from home, Mm -hmm. what he's able to do. And then also, uniquely, your son does like online classes Mm -hmm. at home. So I asked you a question earlier in the week about kind of like finding balance and being surrounded or just being in each other's company you know for an extended period of time throughout the day um what do you guys kind of do to kind of keep i don't want to say keep the peace because that sounds like there's disruption but to um not get on each other's last nerve (laughs) and how that you yourself are able to to stay sane in that uh close-knit environment
1: yes and we're all such different personalities even though we're similar to so you know when you you have strong personalities. And I'm so glad we're all strong personalities. There's not a passive one of us in the bunch, but it makes, you know, family dinners kind of interesting. Um, so the the first thing I would say is have a big house. Uh, so you can have your own space. <laughs> yes. So you can have your own space. You know, we, we were in a smaller house when the pandemic hit and the shutdowns happened. And it was a nightmare, even though, you know, both of my kids did school from home before the pandemic mm-hmm. so it wasn't really difficult they didn't have to make the shift that so many families had right. to make and get used to that online thing we were already kind of used to it mm-hmm. um but yeah we were we, we were ready to we're like okay that's it we're buying a new house and it's got to be this big and it's got to have a basement and it's got to have a yard and so that would be my first piece of advice make sure you have plenty of space, plenty of space. Got it. but yeah also um All of us have our own interests and hobbies, and we support each other in that, but we also give each other space for that, not just physical space, but emotional and mental space. Mm -hmm. And so it's that's my biggest piece of advice. And all of it's creative. Mm-hmm. Even my husband, he plays guitar. And my son and his art, my daughter and her singing. And, and me and all these other things I do. I feel like you guys could form a band. We like, probably, yeah. yeah we we talked about that. Uh-huh. I'm not sure what I would do. But they all have a talent that they could perform.
0: I can <laughs> do the tambourine. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm there with you. We'll be the tambourine. Or a more cowbell. Tambourine. Yeah. More, more cowbell. cowbell. <laughs> have a cowbell very yeah, nice. well, we're
1: gonna bring a cowbell but yeah it's we're a very creative artistic and um, musical family dynamics mostly mostly just for our own sanity
0: and throughout your journey of personal growth and, and and leading a family and many nonprofit organizations and through all the creativity who have been some people that have impacted you greatly throughout the years Wow so um That's amazing because I'm
1: really, that's a great question because I'm so grateful and consciously aware of all the people I meet. Every single person I meet, I draw something something from and it's mostly positive. There's a few people I've met where it's been negative and I just know to avoid them, (laughs) but very, very rarely. Mostly it's something I get from every single person, including you. You're like so inspiring. When we first had our conversation, I was like, I know this is going to be exciting and fun. Um, But my mother and my grandmother, of course, were very powerful to me. Both of them were cancer survivors. My, my grandmother passed away several years ago, but she lived a very long life after having a double mastectomy. My mother's a cancer survivor. She's amazing. I've had two breast cancer surgeries. Thankfully, they were benign um, and went through a kind of tough met, uh, pharmaceutical treatment to prevent cancer because I'm so high risk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that They are my two biggest influences. And then I have so many other people who've influenced me. My, um, the people in my community, I still wanna give a shout out to Ben Bailey and Chris Collin because they were the first people who kind of recognized that I had this outside of the box way of thinking and could do something with it. I had spent a lot of time in my life going through school, going through the corporate world, being told, no, you can't do it this way, you need to follow this path and that just never really worked for me and so i professionally they gave me a lot of permission to find my own path which is what i'm on now and then i have to give a shout out to max eve that guy has been amazing he's like such a good friend and such an inspiration he has taught my kids also that they have permission to be creative to be artists to be musicians and you can make a living at it Mm -hmm. um instead of saying no you have to follow this specific path go be a doctor or lawyer or whatever Mm -hmm. you can follow your passion uh, and then just so many other people in the community. I almost can't count.
0: Right. <laughs> well, that, that gave a great a great um, foundation, and I'm, I'm sure that much like you, I have the mentality that you meet everybody for a reason, and you draw something small from that. It could just be a smile, a hello, mm-hmm. a connection, and shout out to Jasmine because she yes. connected the two of us, <laughs> and I know we'll be great friends beyond this podcast. Um, but mentorship is something that's very important. I learned throughout my career to kind of reach back as well. There have been so many people, including. The man behind the board sitting behind you (laughs) who has taken me under their wing and I've learned a lot from so applying that in everyday life tell us a little bit about like where you grew up I kind of advanced into today so take us back and share a little bit about your youth kind of where, where where you grew up yeah so I'm a farm girl
1: I come from a farm um and it's it's kind of an atypical uh, story. So my family, the Sanders family, has a farm in Eatonton, Georgia, down by Lake Oconee, mm-hmm. three miles from the lake. And it's uh, been in our family. It was it, it's a plantation. Um, and so it has that really difficult history of, you know, the South. Mm-hmm. And of course, it was pivotal in the Civil War because it was also a tanyard. It was it was called Denimville. So our. Our family name going back is Denham, and then became Sanders, you know, through marriage became Sanders. So Denhamville, which isn't officially on the map, but it did exist, was a uh, tanyard. So they produced saddles and leather goods and those kinds of things. There's still this amazing giant tannery chimney that they, you know, used to. For I don't, um, I never understood exactly how a tannery right. worked. I should probably look So did you raise the animals
0: there. that you then? Use their hides. Yes. Used to, you know, yeah. Like, it was a farm, like with the cows yep. and stuff. Wow. They they raised
1: them and you know slaughtered them and right. there was food and yeah. you know used the hot tan the hides. It mm-hmm. was a whole. It was a whole industry, and actually it was it's during the Civil War supplied a lot of goods to the um, Southern Confederate States, mm-hmm. and so General Slocum in Grant's army came you know dispatched part of his. The wing of the uh, Northern Army to burn our plantation down. Oh, my goodness. Because it was a critical, you know, piece right. of the war machine. And they didn't burn the house down. They burned several outbuildings, but they were still... They could not get rid of that chimney. It still stands there today. It's like 100 and something feet tall. And they... um cannonballed it. I don't know what that's called. Uh, Try to dynamite it. It mm-hmm. would not come down. But... It's meant to remain. It's meant to uh-huh. remain. And part of my job that I'm not really good at, as, you know, the oldest daughter and one of the, my... I have two younger brothers, but we're the last ones who are kind of the stewards of this farm and this history is to make sure it doesn't fall down. Mm -hmm. So that's so it's still in your family. It's still in our family. Yeah. As a matter of fact, my, my brother, my younger brother still lives there. And my stepmother still lives there. There's a um, house that was built in 1814. I grew up in Um, old house, you know, we could talk about ghost stories and really, you know, cool, uh, you know, around Halloween, that would be a whole nother podcast. Mm -hmm. But it has this amazing history. It's got some graveyards that are kind of disturbing. And this is something that I've i've kind of been trying to work through all of my life so our family did have slaves they were slave owners and even as a child i had a really hard time reconciling that and i have there's a graveyard there that is um, a slave graveyard where the slaves and some of their descendants were buried there are no markers i'm really trying to struggle to figure out a way to rectify that Mm -hmm. so I have a cousin who lives in New York and his name is Mackie Alston he is amazing he is um a filmmaker a documentary filmmaker and he is actually working with Mercer University who's also part of our family histories Billington McCarthy Sanders was the first president of Mercer University helped found it um and Jesse Mercer and so they have a graveyard there in Greensboro Georgia actually Penfield is a smaller town and, and I have Sanders family um Tora and Kat and Brian in Monroe, Georgia, who were helping maintain that. There's a homestead there. But there's a graveyard there where um, Jesse, I think Billington McCarthy is buried and his wife. And then on the other side of the wall, like the graveyard is beautiful. It's very peaceful, serene. There's a wall. It's well-maintained. On the other side of the wall, they discovered where all of the African-Americans were buried. There were almost no markers. It was just, you know, kind of, it was a second-class burial yeah. and so Mercer University and Mackie and several other people have partnered together to um, clean it up do research try to find who's buried there find their descendants you know and honor these people who deserve to be honored and I'm hoping one day you know Mackie's gonna help me that I can do that
0: at our homestead in Eaton. one day it's just one more thing on my list of things to do you know. that's amazing and and so powerful like i i, I have chills because I'm, I'm picturing this in my head i thought what you were going to say is that that there was going to be a documentary or something that you guys were going to try and do a documentary of sorts yeah. first of all that is fantastic that you're you're making those efforts and i would agree with you um respectively mm-hmm. um in, in giving justice to those who who are buried there so you said the property is still standing and there's mm-hmm. obviously still people living there how often do you make it out to Eaton?
1: oh my gosh not enough my family tells me i mean it's it's only an hour and a half away, and it's m- the most peaceful place I can be. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, we're not gazillionaires, so it's not extremely well maintained. You know, it's hey, kind of hard. You're to gonna do. be if you ever sell <laughs> it. These days, there's like no um,
0: land. So no,
1: no, no, we can't. People want to buy it all the time, and sometimes how it's, many acres is it? Um, to in total is 363. Wow. We have um, there's my aunt and my cousins Juanita. Um, she's incredible my uncle and my dad were brothers and so they inherited it together and then um, so she she when my uncle passed away um, many years ago uh, she and the girls have the bulk of it and then you know my brothers and I have the 82 acres mm-hmm. you know after my father passed away last August mm-hmm. uh, then you but total in some you know it's together 363 acres That's if you uh, if you walk it wear boots
0: and carry a flashlight. <laughs> And bring a water bottle, because that that's water. a lot of acres. <laughs> yes. Well, I know, let's see here, DR Horton. Um, mm-hmm. I know a million builders mm-hmm. who would probably be really attracted to all that acreage. Oh, yeah. But uh, kudos to the preservation. Absolutely, the history is so astronomical. Mm-hmm. I can I can just imagine why you guys want to keep that in the family. Oh,
1: yeah. And I just want to say, if there's anybody out there in your listeners who is familiar with grants and preservation type things to help us do this, please email yeah. me. I, wanna, I, I need help. Learn more.
0: <laughs> Very nice that's so cool you're such a multifaceted person i've learned so much (laughs) through this interview um speaking of advice and speaking of of kind of overcoming trials and tribulations i know that you've expressed and you've shared some some pretty big things that you've been through in your life and here we just passed over the passing of your father and i'm so sorry for your loss and you shared that personal story with me Um, being that you are such a creative person you've already expressed using art as an outlet what are some other tools that have kind of helped you overcome those obstacles that you've experienced?
1: Definitely creativity. You know, there's there's times when, you know, if I'm having a tough time, I
0: need to sit down and sometimes I journal. I know Jasmine's really I big at journaling, journaling too. It's cool. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how you can just put it down on paper mm-hmm. and it feels like I feel literal relief. Once I write it down. Yes. Continue.
1: Yes. And um, even, you know, like I can type out my feelings on the computer and it's not the same as just writing pen in hand hand on a piece of paper, Um, even though my handwriting is kind of atrocious. Recently, somebody told me it was nice and I was like, wow, I've never heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, even if I can't go back and read what I wrote, I wrote it and put it on paper and got it down. I got it out. Putting it out into the world makes all the difference. Keeping things bottled up is never good. Mm -hmm. It's always textbook bad don't do it um sometimes it's hard to talk about things of course but whether you express it in your art express it in journaling express it in painting in music in any kind of any kind of venue yeah Yeah. that you can do that self-expression again that's kind of my core that self-expression
0: and having the permission to express yourself is really important I love that. Well, and I could talk to you for several more hours. Maybe we'll have to do that over some wine um, and some arts. Yes. But it is about time for us to end our show today. And I do want to give you the opportunity to share with our listeners, maybe some words of wisdom or something that you've learned along the way, some final thoughts before we say bye-bye.
1: Yes. Thank you, Amanda, for giving me this opportunity. I I just, I feel like I'm going to repeat myself again, but don't be afraid to express yourself. If, it doesn't matter if you think somebody's gonna judge you, ignore that feeling. Get out there, do what you wanna do, express yourself. If you don't have the means to do it, you can find somebody who will support you. There's somebody out in the world who will support you and help you express yourself in the way that you wanna express yourself. Just be honest,
0: find your voice, and say what you wanna say be honest with yourself too <laughs> and not just with others thank you so much arlie it has been a great pleasure hosting you and i've learned so much i look forward to continuing our friendship and and growing together um for those of you who'd like to listen to this podcast it is available 24 7 on businessradiox.com. simply select the gwinnett studio for all of you out there in uh, app land we are available on itunes all the major spotify's etc cetera, etc cetera. just search Celebrating Powerhouse Women. And we'd love for you to subscribe so that you can enjoy past and future episodes. Um, I am your host, Amanda Peart, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for joining us on Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X.